credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Keep, keep this so in. this is our first podcast. Yep. Um, Cameron's co-hosting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're going to... How are you going to lead this? Yeah, so I'll just be asking you questions. Um, okay. Obviously, everyone knows you from your videos going through ad accounts, okay. going with Facebook ads. So really just going to be kind of keeping the first one more on brand of what's what's already known about Facebook ads. So really just starting off with those questions. So really the first question is, when did you start with Facebook ads? All right. Yeah, so uh, I think like seven, eight years ago. Okay. Um. Dude, I ended up getting into Facebook ads when I was uh, doing a social media page for like a pool brand, like a client. They, they had like luxury pools. And really before they were my client, I was building like a social media page, like a luxury watch page. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ended up getting in the attention of, uh, you know, one of my friend's parents. And he had reached out asking if I could do Facebook ads for him. I was like, I don't know anything about Facebook ads. And he was like no worries man just go ahead and like try it out like just do it let's see if you can do it and i was like uh, all right so i ended up doing it and you know long story short that guy ended up getting two years worth of pool bookings um and that was kind of my intro into facebook ads wasn't that the one where the audience was like completely different from what you it was like yeah so it was like it was housewives yeah that had kids and i found out that you know the person who had all the money actually wasn't making the uh, decision in the mm-hmm. household. So it was usually the, the male partner or the fiance or, you know, the husband that, uh, was going to make the purchase, but the wife was actually the decision maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up finding this out because we were like doing research in Facebook groups. We were like joining like mommy groups and like mother groups and, uh, like local, uh, neighborhood groups for these like luxury homes. And we're talking about like pools, like lazy rivers in yeah. people's backyards. Yeah. So that was like kind of the scenario we we're going for. And so what ended up happening was I ended up finding out that all these moms were actually stay-at-home moms, and they were making the decision because they were tired of all their kids being inside, and they wanted their kids to be outside, mm-hmm. like, playing in the water. So that's what ended up, you know, really us striking as an audience. And it was super successful, two years worth of bookings. He calls me one day and is like, hey, Chase, like, you know, um, we're done. Like, the, yeah. the, you know, he's ending the contract, and I'm literally losing this client because we got him so many results. Hmm. He goes, I just want to let you know I'm retiring to go hunting. I was like, hunting. He goes, yeah, like to shoot deer. <laughs> I was like, wow. Because <laughs> th- like, that was unheard of for them, like having that yeah. many bookings he, that he, far yeah. out. What happened was for the first year we booked them out, that had never happened. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, nobody ever books pools like two, two years in advance. Yeah, they just far. don't do that. These people are moving. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, let's try it. And it worked. Hmm. That's you know? crazy. All right, well – on the next question, a little bit off from Facebook ads, but what would you do if you weren't doing Facebook ads? What do you think you would have done? Oh, that's a weird question. I don't really know what I would be doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I always like stuff with, to do with engineering. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be an architect when I was little. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I'd do, be doing something in the business side because I've always really thought I'd do something uh, business-related. I uh, always thought of actually having a software company when I was mm. really young, but I actually didn't feel I was smart enough to even do something like that. So I figured I would just go into something else and maybe something would come to fruition later on in life. And mm-hmm. it has kind of worked out because now I am in the software business, yeah. but yeah, pretty crazy. Okay, cool. Well, the next question is if you could collab with really anyone out there in social media, any 
actor, anyone. A collab. Yeah. Okay. Um, jeez, who would I collab with? Um, I don't know who I'd want to collab with. I feel like I'd want to do something with like a creator that's maybe not in the same uh, niche or business. Mm -hmm. More like, you know, somebody probably that's like more fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I see these YouTubers doing like the craziest stuff online. I think it would just be cool to do something where it's like. Um, probably like a YouTuber then. Yeah, just like a yeah, definitely a YouTuber. Yeah, like, like a crazy collab on something totally random, like yeah. something so unrelated to what I do. Yeah, I think exactly. that'd be cool because yeah. I like to try new things. Yeah, so like a prank or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what, what would you want to do? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It would have to be a YouTuber, yeah. honestly. But but name one. Like who would be somebody cool to do a collab with? Oh, there's so many. Or who do you think I would do a collab with? Who do you think you would do? Honestly, like rice gum. I could have totally seen you. Really? Yeah. Well, that's because really. he messaged me. I know, but I could have totally seen that. Yeah. On the, like the LA houses and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was the opportunity where I had, so I had an opportunity to do a Snapchat series mm -hmm. with like influencers showing them how to do Facebook ads um, and essentially taking the influencer's brand and then like selling it with Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And like we haven't executed on this yet, but Ricegum was the first one to reach out and introduce the uh, you know, opportunity. And then Alex Stemp, which is the guy who makes Strangers Famous, mm -hmm. wanted me to do that whole Snapchat series. And he has 20 million followers. Is that the... The guy who makes Strangers Famous, he's yeah. the photographer? Yes. So, oh, yep. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to do the whole Snapchat thing. Mm -hmm. Um and that could have like you know been used on TikTok everywhere. It could have been like one of those crazy things where it just goes all over the place. Mm -hmm. But rice gum would have been like the first video, and then you could do like you know other influencers that want to get their stuff promoted. Essentially, yeah, it would help them do that. Oh, totally. That would have been huge because all those all the platforms are trying to kind of combine with. Um... Yeah, the whole idea was like a little extravagant because the premise was like making like influencers, wealthy people, rich people, mm -hmm. richer. Yeah. By taking the money they have and just spending it on growing their brand. Yeah. So. Because they're all doing organic right now. Yeah, because none yeah. of these, these people have clothing brands and they're not running ads. Mm -hmm. Like they're all organic from yeah. their social media following. Imagine retargeting those audiences. Mm -hmm. It'd be crazy. Because they just do drops. They just sell it all out in like. <laughs> yeah, dude. One day. It'd be wild. We get a but, ton of sales mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Be Influencers, let us know. Yes. Should so we do the series? Twenty X ROAS right Should there. we help influencers blow up? I think it'd be. Probably one of the most profitable things. It'd be huge, wouldn't it? Yeah. The warmest audi audience you could reach. Yeah. Um, so kind of off of collabing, but who are probably the three most influential people uh, that you've learned from, thought leaders, books yeah. even? Yeah. Elon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watch those quarterly reports from Elon's uh, mm -hmm. Tesla shareholder meetings. Mm -hmm. Those are super valuable because I can like – he talked about like uh, some of the things he goes over. Elon is like one like uh, being linear in like the industry you're in. Like you can have different anchors that become businesses. So uh, like controlling your supply chain, right? Mm -hmm. But if you equate that to like digital, like rather than just doing like the Facebook ads, 
maybe you also do you know their website and so you keep stacking these things on top of each other and you end up becoming vertically integrated like yeah. with all these other businesses like all right well what about the apps they use on shopify maybe you have shopify apps mm -hmm. and you continue to integrate and that's like one thing i pulled from like some of these things that they talk about they're like batteries is their business mm -hmm. then they have the cars then they you know use the solar battery and then have the solar homes it's like these things all are connected somehow yeah um so i mean yeah he's definitely one influential person that I, i'm definitely always looking up to kind of like jeff bezos too we built the whole e-commerce for yeah. amazon yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and yeah it's automation and systems with him mm -hmm. he's really good at automation understanding systems you know playing the long game mm -hmm. the biggest thing from that is like you read like his shareholders letter from yes. like 19 what 98 99, 99 yep. like literally the dude's talking about like 30 years like, in the future yes. he's saying we're going to be the biggest yeah like literally just, like this is the most crazy thing he's calling the future mm -hmm. and it's happening and it's written in the present in that time mm -hmm. and he's like telling these people like hey if you're investing money with us like hold on because like we're going to be burning it and eventually we're going to be like super profitable yeah and, like these things actually did come true mm -hmm. in aws learning yep. from that like one thing like one thing with us we're putting one of our softwares right on aws mm -hmm. um and like the fees dude they make like an insane amount of money off of those fees it's like one of the most profitable business models yeah is the cloud base it's just servers yeah it's just servers mm -hmm. it's wild it's renting it out yeah okay so i guess that's yeah there's jeff bezos elon yeah got one a more? third one i don't know i i look up to uh youtubers for sure yeah. that are like you know doing big in the space i think mr beast is mind-blowing what he, he does um yeah it's a lot going in the back end with that yeah that's just literally if you go on like the uber eats app he'll have like a, a photo mm -hmm. like a banner mm -hmm. to buy his like stuff yeah crazy he's probably probably one of the most well-known youtubers out there yeah i don't know anyone that that's just growing for sure yeah definitely well with those people i mean elon and, and jeff bezos and looking into the future, what do you think the future will look like the next five years? Dude, I hope it looks really cool. Yeah. Honestly. AI? Yeah, be... no, AI is definitely there. I mean, yeah. the Tesla, that's mm -hmm. AI. Um, Tesla's fun to ride in. Mm -hmm. You like Tesla? Tesla's sweet. Tesla's thing's cool. quick, too. Yeah, it is fast. Yeah, that thing really does go quick, doesn't yeah. it? I uh, had my grandmother over here uh, last weekend. <laughs> oh, no. She had never written in a Tesla, and she wanted to see how the autopilot worked. Mm. There's this feature where, like, you can set the autopilot to drive, like, 10 miles per hour above the speed limit. And I had it 10 miles per hour set above. Mm -hmm. And there's roundabouts here outside of my home down here, right? Mm -hmm. And we were going to the roundabout, and it was on autopilot. And a roundabout, it stayed at the same speed limit around. And we both shifted all the way to the side, and she's, mm -hmm. like, screaming, <laughs> Like, oh, my gosh, turn it off. And I was even drifting. a little scared because the thing, like, whips around this yeah. roundabout and, like, goes all the way around it, like, at 40 miles mm -hmm. per hour. Dude, those things have good handling, too. <laughs> it was it'll, crazy. It'll stick the entire And, like, time. we both swung around. She's like, this is the most insane thing I've ever ridden in. And I was like, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, going around a roundabout, autopilot is pretty – it's intense. Oh, I bet. Well, just, <laughs> you're just trusting the car. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That it's is pretty wild. stuff. Um, all right. So kind of just overall with businesses, I mean, I know you have about you have three businesses now yeah. running. So what's, what's probably the most important lesson across the board that you've learned so far? Oh, geez. Um, most important. I don't know. Consistency is a big factor. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I, 
I don't know if it's most important, but like I think action. it's like the like consistency is gonna it'll allow almost any business to really grow because mm-hmm. if you're consistently putting in work on that thing, whatever it is, business, working out, mm-hmm. like going to the gym. Yeah, we've been hitting the gym what? How many weeks now? Uh, I think like six weeks now. Okay. Yeah, so Cameron's helping me with uh, working we're out. Getting, we're getting shredded. Okay. <laughs> we're getting shredded, right? <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, we're so anything with consistency, right? Anything mm-hmm. you do, as long as you're putting in the effort, I think that's like the biggest thing. And it might not be something like the biggest lesson I've learned, but you know, the biggest thing that I've really focused on and that has helped a lot of this, you know, end up working out. Because yeah. if you're working every single day on something, it's gonna eventually it will take off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't for a lot of people. It takes a long time. But as long as you're consistent, at some point something has to give mm-hmm. in terms of it you know, making sense and taking off. Yeah. It's like taking that action. Just constant. Every single day action. taking action. Yeah. Okay. Every single day. So I guess um, what would you say some of the most underrated tools uh, – that are kind of indispensable for the job. Like, what do you need to do to use, I guess, to be able to do the job? Like what? In Facebook ads? Um, or like at an agency? Kind of just in, in business in general. Um, I guess maybe it would have to be specified to one individual business. So kind of just with, I would say, Facebook ads, because that kind of plays a part with, with all of the businesses. So... Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't use too many. Well, I guess you could consider some tools. Like, I mean, creative, we use Canva in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. Yeah. I mean, depending on what editing softwares, stuff like that. I mean, we're developing a tracking software, Surge mm-hmm. IO. Yeah. So that's going to be ad tracking, right? Mm-hmm. So that's been, you know, going on for a while now. I guess things kind of changed too. Because before, like, the Pixel was perfect. You could track everything yeah. on that. And now it's... It was great. It's a completely different market because now ad tracking is going to be a giant part of the entire market. It's not even just Facebook ads anymore. Yeah. And so like that was the premise is like making the ad tracking better, having Mm -hmm. better data because now that we'll have this tracking, we'll have more data to then, you know, feed back into the system. Yeah. Plus we'll be able to more accurately attribute results with Mm -hmm. the ads, you know, and there's a lot of other things we can do now that we have control over it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this whole privacy thing, it's good for like, you know, individuals, but for businesses, it's not so good. Yeah. So like we're kind of, you know, bridging the gap here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not having accurate data is, is probably one of the, the biggest struggles that the businesses are facing. I think almost now. all businesses are bad at um, keeping track of data. Yeah. Logging it, misnaming mm-hmm. it, having too many tools where it's not located in a centralized place. Yeah. Not storing it properly. Yeah, because data is everything yeah. right now. It get, I mean, you get breached, you can be legally liable for that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things. You got to have privacy place in place. Some people have like these unsubscribe emails and they don't even work. Yeah. That's like another red flag. Like these things are important. And like, I don't think a lot of businesses even understand how important data is and how to organize it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's like, you know, stuff that we teach in our, our trainings and courses, right? Yeah. So organizing, organizing everything makes it yeah. so much easier. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah. Okay. So I guess. Now that you've started multiple businesses, yeah. kind of on that topic, has anyone ever come to you with a terrible business idea? Okay, so I don't believe that anybody has a terrible business. I okay, I take that back. Yes, there's bad business ideas, but like I'm not going to, you know, uh, sit there and tell somebody it's a terrible idea because I've seen firsthand things that I thought were horrible ideas mm-hmm. that I think would never work, but 
because they pay for my time and I help them, and then all of a sudden I see results happen and results that I wouldn't even ever imagine, like 13x ROAS, return on ad spend on like some of these things, mm -hmm. or like they get a ton of purchases. I'm just like, how in the world is that item selling, or how in the world are they selling this? Mm -hmm. And it works. Yeah. Like there's some crazy business ideas that work. And because I've worked with so many people and I don't say no to, you know, brands that are coming in because I believe everybody can be helped to some degree. Yeah. You know, a lot of these, I, I find out a lot of these brands do crazy numbers and I never would imagine what some things would be that would sell, mm -hmm. you know, hmm. like crazy items that you just couldn't even understand. Do you have any items you could think of? Any um jeez i don't know i feel like some some hair related products are crazy to me yeah, okay like it, just weird stuff in general i mean there's things that are uh in the credit space there's just a lot of odd i can't think of a specific one i'm having a hard time but there markets are for anything now yeah there really like, is like there's really? the craziest stuff that people are selling um that just gets absolutely insane volume mm -hmm. like i mean one of the most normal items t-shirts yeah Dude, I'm looking at some of these results we were getting, and it's like 60 cents a T-shirt buy, and selling like a million of them a month. Yeah, I was Goddess like dope. selling a million, yeah, a mm -hmm. million T-shirts a month for pennies. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought T-shirts could sell like that? Just one slogan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, it's dope. It's yeah. crazy. And it has such a big message, a month, and it relates to so many people, and people love buying it. Mm-hmm. And it's huge volume. Yeah. Millions a month for pennies. Mm-hmm acquisition costs yeah because if they're buying the shirts for they get them for 10 20 cents and then can sell them for even lower four dollars seems cheap but like yeah the margin there is yeah it's still a lot when you're doing yeah. volume absolutely oh, yeah and yeah and the thing is they're selling so much of it that they have all of it in-house now mm -hmm. and then they have like you know they're helping impoverished communities yeah. mm -hmm. so that's then low on their um cost mm -hmm. and it has a benefit to the community and then you're selling it through the ads, through Snapchat, through all these avenues. Mm -hmm. It's super-sized scale. Yeah. Yeah, if you can really just figure out a business that helps other people, too. Yeah. Like it's and, and that's another thing. You don't have to be, like, the highest-priced, mm -hmm. right? You don't have to be the highest-priced in the market. You could be the lowest, but as long as you're getting insane volume, it makes sense. Amazon, yeah. high volume, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, these things with big volume make sense. Walmart's big volume. Yeah. It's a volume game. Like so smart deals like doorbuster deals or uh there's uh, loss leaders loss leaders what's that loss leaders so you take like diapers for example mm -hmm. it's a loss leader because you can price diapers extremely low and like people have to have diapers for their babies mm -hmm. so it's considered a loss leader because they're willing to have a deal and take a loss on that deal because they're coming in to get diapers but when people come in to get diapers that's not the only thing they're going to buy so they're buying all these mm. other items with it. So like baby formula, mm -hmm. you know, uh, baby bibs, baby shirts, baby clothes, baby shoes, baby socks, mm -hmm. um, you know, baby hats, apparel. And then yeah. you have like baby carriages, baby, you know, Those toys. Are big items too. And next thing you know, mm -hmm. you have all these items that end up raising your AOVs and your loss leader. It's your leading top selling item, mm -hmm. your diapers. But you might be taking a loss on it, but you're literally gaining all this other avenue of sales from bringing in people on a loss leader. So like we could give away stuff for free mm -hmm. and it takes our time. We invest in it. We invest in equipment. We do all this stuff. We're losing money on the front end, 
but it ends up becoming a leader because it brings in all these, you know, individuals who are really excited about it because we're giving it away. But at the end of the day, it ends up returning the ROI because mm -hmm. they end up buying other stuff because they trust that brand or product or company. Yeah. It's like lifetime value is so huge right now. It That's is. everything, especially with the tracking. Like yeah. Being able to know that. Yes. Is... That's going to be the next thing moving forward, I feel like. Yeah. If people understand lifetime value and they understand cash flow mm -hmm. and they know how to, you know, manage their finances and they understand the idea of, you know, losing to make or making not to lose. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so the, the goal would be just to, you know, bring in customers and keep them coming back. Mm -hmm. Recurring items are great. The subscription plans, those are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then like having other upsells, cross sells. LTVs are huge. Moving people up the value ladder is going to be so beneficial for brands. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people miss that, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, out of how many clients we bring in, I mean, how many do we have to help them with that? With the retargeting? and Well, because they're really just trying to go for, yeah, they're trying to go for that new customer acquisition. But, like, yeah, a good 40% of your revenue can come from reoccurring customers. And not only that, but you're building the brand at the same time. Right. And they all just kind of miss that. They go for, like, engagement yeah. or, or something like that. and. There's just, there's so much, there's a lot more opportunity that it seems like businesses are missing out on right now. Yeah, with mm -hmm. with the LTV and just getting people to come back. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with tracking too. Is is knowing what your where your customers are, where they're at in the journey, how how far down, and and once you can kind of systematize that, and showing them, the right product, the right time, the right ad, the right the right uh, message attached to it. It's just going to become so much more effective. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And these are things that we go over in Facebook ads, expert mastery. Yeah, definitely. Um, in the mastermind, we're mm -hmm. covering the systems, right? Mm -hmm. So Cameron and I are getting on these mastermind group mm -hmm. calls and going over, you know, how to implement these processes, implementing a system to automate a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, helping people grow their brands and businesses. Yeah. Especially with coaches right now, too. Yeah. That's huge because people really want that like one-on-one -on -one training. Um, I know Facebook ads kind of started with e-commerce. It was all e-commerce. Mm -hmm. But it seems like the industry is kind of moving also to there's so many more coaches and like consultants that are helping people like one-on-one, -on -one, either teaching them a, a new skill or maybe like a life problem that they're having. And people, people just love that. That one-on-one -on -one help is just, it's so much more impactful. And I think that industry is also growing too. So also yeah. we help with that. But um, yeah, it's just crazy where the where the market's going. It's going to be yeah. interesting where it goes in five years. But yeah, maybe we're doing live events. Yeah, yeah live <laughs> events. Do them in like uh, on the islands or something. Yeah. Everybody flies out. Seminar in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto Rico. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Awesome. Well, uh, I think this is the last question I have prepared, but what was the first i guess i know you're talking about the pool and running facebook ads for that did you ever have a business before that or a business idea or was that really just uh -uh. i learned through other start? people's businesses okay yeah yeah and i went to an academy for uh it was a business management entrepreneurship academy mm -hmm. so i was at school for you know learning through business mm -hmm. so i had like some you know uh, understanding of it. And I was always around people who are like, you know, doing business related activities. So I always had, you know, the thought process for it. But the first like brand I helped was a pool builder. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up getting a brand called Brikerhide. And Didn't they, I, 
Yeah, so yeah. Bright Ride was a super successful. That really took off because they ended up. I started with them, and they were doing like such a low revenue volume. Yeah, it was like a couple thousand a month, maybe selling leather wallets. Mm -hmm. And this is so wild because we worked for them for like three or four years and took them from where they were to like doing a few million dollars a year and then becoming the number one bestseller on Amazon. They weren't doing a million. They, were they weren't. That. They were doing a few thousand. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so they ended up becoming number one bestseller on yep. Amazon Remember, wallet. Yep. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people own their wallets. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> huge now. They're huge. Yeah. And so we ended up taking them to acquisition and we ended up still working with John on his other brands mm -hmm. and he ended up selling that company with a couple of other uh brands i, d I don't i can't disclose the dollar figure for what they sold mm -hmm. but it was uh you know it was all built off of facebook ads yeah. and we ended up launching you know uh ads outside of facebook for like google youtube mm -hmm. amazon ads and we did like the amazon listing it was called like e something pages i don't know this is a while ago yes yeah i forget what the pages were called for amazon but we designed we did the graphic design for all the uh we had early beta access to whenever they had the compare the products mm -hmm. where you see like a wallet compared to a bunch of others so we had early access to that and we designed that little those graphics for all the products and sales went up from that and we were noticing like we ran facebook ad campaigns to amazon and we mm. also ran Facebook ads to their Shopify because they made more money off of their Shopify. But they every time they were doing number one spot on Amazon, they were getting insane amount of sales. And what we used to do is before this, before Amazon prevented this. I was going to say, you can't do that now. Don't yeah. run ads to Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you do, you have to use like their own tracking stuff. Yeah. And it's not as effective. Yeah. It's like terrible. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, what we did was when we we're running ads to Amazon, what happened they would put these note cards in mm. the wallets that mm -hmm. would say like, hey, if you enjoyed you know, this product, come uh, get one half off for your friend, mm. family, cousin, sister, brother, mother. Lifetime value. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the Shopify site. Yeah. Like brokerhide.com. Mm -hmm. And they would go to that site from, so you're getting all these Amazon customers yep. and then they're being rerouted to this site mm. with special offers. And we were getting this explosive growth and Amazon ended up like shutting down um, this other supplement company. Mm -hmm. Um, we weren't working with them. There's just a random company we find out about because they had a supplement product and they said, follow us on social. We're doing giveaways. And this is what Bright Ride also was doing mm -hmm. because we explained like the giveaway concepts and we had like the special offers. We came up with that concept and these cards were in this other supplement company. So when you open up the supplement, you would find a card that would say, follow us on social for a giveaway. Mm -hmm. And so we started doing that with Bright Ride and also like doing the, uh, telling them to go to the website for the special offers. And it was working extremely well. That supplement company got shut down. Hmm. Amazon was like, you're no, like blocked from ever selling products because they don't want you taking their traffic. Yeah. Right. They want to protect that 50% of the internet they have. Yeah. So after they got shut down, we all made a decision like, all right, if they got shut down, I got it. it's a matter of time before somebody finds out we have these cards in the yeah. wallets. And it wasn't against the rules at the time, but they started doing that to companies. Mm -hmm. So we were like, all right, if this happens to us, that's not going to be cool. Mm -hmm. So we ended up telling, you know, we all decided with the clients that it would be best not to have those insert cards. Yeah. So hmm. it ended up having a little bit of effect on the company though for the results. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, with Shopify still, obviously they won't stop that. They can't. And it's all, it's all brand because that's kind of the, the 50, 50 split between Amazon and, and Shopify as well. And I guess with shipping and, and sending it, um, cause you can, you can determine where to, where to send it to, whether it's a, a Shopify purchase or it's an Amazon, but, that's huge for brands. Yeah. Sending out those like 
getting that lifetime value, bringing them back, just those like little cards, like little inserts you can add into products. When they opened the product, it felt like Apple. Yeah. Because it would slide off the box. As I it remember fell that. Out. I remember seeing those. Yeah. That was nice. Crazy. And it had mm-hmm. that perfect package wrap mm-hmm. with the stickers and stuff. You'd open it up, and it was a beautiful unboxing mm-hmm. experience. And the product, all of them had this uh, the Bright Ride stamps on the front and back. Yep. And it was super expensive to do that because mm-hmm. every single product, they could have just kept, they could have just drop shipped mm-hmm. a lot of these items, but they made them more custom and they did their own little tweaks to them to make them more branded. Yeah. And because they were more branded and, you know, had that more luxury feel. We were selling these wallets for like forty-five bucks. Oh, um, yeah, crazy. They they looked like very nice wallets. yeah, w- very like authentic wallets. Packaging mm-hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. A lot of these brands think they're going to do like a few million a year and scale up, or do a million a month, but they don't mm-hmm. even have their packaging and stuff figured out. Yeah, yeah. They had a nice. Um, they were kind of the first. It was it was before minimalist. That that yeah. kind of like the idea. Wave. Yeah, the wave, the minimalism wave. But it's. It, that was like perfect for that audience. I feel like it like honed in perfectly on that type of audience because it was what like there's like five or six slots, but it was like such a thin yes. just. But it compact. was it would hold yeah you would hold a lot of cards, mm-hmm. but it would be so thin exactly. It was RFID blocking. Yep. Um, yeah, dude, mm-hmm. people loved it. They still yeah. do. The minimalist wallets are still selling for a lot of companies. I mean, we ended up taking on their competitor after they got acquired because the acquisition company. Ended up, you know, not running to run ads mm-hmm. because they just wanted to keep it going based off brand. So we ended up working with their competitor and became the number one with their competitor on Amazon. That's funny. Um, and I received a phone call one day from John saying, hey, are you still working with them? And we're like, no. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose some of this stuff that was said. But funny story was we ended up working with their competitor and John had already spoke with the competitor. Mm. And the competitor and him were friends at the time. And he was like, hey – John, like, what agency are you using? He's like, oh, we're using Travel Digital. Mm-hmm. And we had a contract that we'd never work with another wallet company at the time. But when we parted ways, we ended up were able to work with a wallet company. Yeah. When we parted ways, it wasn't within a week or two that that guy had reached out. The competitor, long story short, he knew about us and was waiting to come work oh, with our agency. Huh. So when that company got acquired, he jumped in. He mm. became number one because we used the same marketing efforts. There you go. We had the audiences. We had everything figured out. Yeah, it seems like it makes sense. Like, I don't know why you'd, <laughs> why you'd stop if if you're bringing the traffic and it's quality traffic. Then That happens with some companies that get acquired. Yeah. You yeah. just want to keep kind of an organic brand. I don't know. I feel like if it's not like a super luxury, then it just makes sense to run ads. If you can just acquire new customers at, yeah. at a lower cost than what you're going to be yeah. making back it. A lot of times they look to cut expenses, and I think one thing you know some companies miss is like cutting marketing budgets. It doesn't mm-hmm. always equate to more dollars. Yeah necessarily mm-hmm. huh. yeah that's interesting yeah pretty crazy yeah all right well i think that's that's all the questions that i had um so first podcast yep we're gonna hopefully be doing more of these mm-hmm. on a regular basis yep maybe once weekly to start mm-hmm. um what are some things that people should do um check us out on social yeah um Subscribe to the this YouTube channel. It's a new channel. We definitely need to grow this. Um, so hit the subscribe button if you like the video. Definitely like the video. Follow us on social. Um, and then Cameron, what's your at name for social? Uh, I think it's Cam underscore Snow okay. Seven. Yeah. So follow Cameron. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna be going over what just 
a lot of random topics. I was just going to say, uh, recommend some topics too. If you okay. like want to hear about some, yep. but comment really below just, some topics. Yeah. We're just pretty much keeping it general. Okay. Um, I'd say talking about, talking about marketing. It's probably a big topic that we okay. know obviously the most about, but really just trying to keep it general, just a good conversation going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just definitely comment down below some topics as well, but there you go. Yeah. Well, cool. Cheers, yeah. everyone. That's a good wrap. All right. That's that's video. Sweet. I hope that recorded. Oh, dude. <laughs> what if it didn't?